Welcome to Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Somi, a passionate and relentless pursuit of exploring how individuals use good judgment in everyday life, both in their personal and professional lives. I hope you have been enjoying the conversations we've been having so far. Today, I am delighted to introduce you to Maurice Khadebe. I know some of us call him Maurice, <laughs> but it's Maurice Khadebe. He is Executive Vice President, uh, Energy Business and Sustainability at Cecil. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for granting us the opportunity to chat to you. Thank you very much, uh, Dudu. I'm really humbled to be part of this series. I've known you for a couple of years, and it's always been, hi, hi, how, how are you? You know, we've never really spoken. Yeah. So I've always been curious to know more about you. Um, because I think you have been one of the pioneers in our uh, country in terms of business leadership, the new generation of business leaders. But just going back to your beginning, and I know it comes before Marin Hill, but Marin Hill High School was one um, of your important beginnings, which we call St. Francis College as well, which yeah. is in Pine Town yeah. in KZN. Yeah. What was your experience being in um, Marin Hill? And also, just what did you get up to that was mischievous? <laughs> Not just the good parts, yeah? Yeah. It was a, a great experience to be in that uh, college, basically, mm -hmm. because it was one of the kind of very stimulating, intellectually uh, challenging, taught by months and nuns, yeah. so a great deal of yeah. discipline, a uh. uh, great deal of work ethic that mm -hmm. uh, you learn in that kind of environment. Yeah, it did have that reputation. Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, it also was a time where the formative years of, of as a youngster, mm. so the whole debating about political consciousness mm. uh, developing at that point in time, uh, it was a really exciting time because one learned a lot, my learning curve, both academically and also understanding the world and then self-discovery and who am I and what we want to do uh, was very important uh, and then one gained during that stage in Marin Hill. Yeah. I think the first time I met you, I told you that my mom is Khadebe, <laughs> which is why you stood out for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that was the first introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so that was and my first. Hi, my mom's also Khadebe. Yeah. <laughs> so that was nice. Thank you. Anyway, um, but outside of being in World Vision and is it Lemonade Industries, yes, yes. you've really spent a majority of your time in the yes, energy yes, industry. Yes, yes. What attracted you? I mean, I don't think growing up I ever knew of somebody in this industry. <laughs> what attracted you to this industry and how has your career been? The real attraction on this industry is because uh, energy basically is the, at the core of any economic development. Yeah. And, uh, and I've always been a person who wanted not just to do a job, but mm. to do a job that was the meaning and actually make this world a little bit better than I found it. And, mm. and, and therefore the platform of the energy business is that it creates an, a lot of economic development. It makes a difference in the lives of people. It changes the... The, 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 the landscape of the country yeah. and, and therefore it's very attractive for me. So I spend uh, virtually all my working life uh, in, yeah. in, in the industry in a different capacity and there I'm very excited. It was a very fulfilling career that I've had. Yeah. In that 
space and other spaces that you occupy. What do you think your unique value proposition is? My unique value proposition, I would say, um, I'm a person who actually likes to start things, mm-hmm. build them, and, and see them to succeed. And uh, some people would say entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, for well, well, you started Excel. Yeah, we were part of the, I was yeah. part of the team that started yeah. Excel, particularly the retail side. I was uh, responsible for that. And uh, so growing that business from basically zero service station yeah. to just under 200 service stations, wow. we ran hard, we worked hard, and uh, it was sweat, tears, Mm. and uh, a lot of prayer, I uh, can assure you. Mm. And, um, but that was the best part of my career, to be yeah. honest, because it was starting something from scratch and building it and seeing it grow and becoming a real player in the industry and becoming the most successful black oil yeah. black managed country, company in it's South Africa. It's one of our successes, you know. Yeah. We don't really talk much about it. The reason is because we reached a stage where it was becoming very important that because we were in the marketing side of the business mm. and we needed to get into the refining side of the business mm. in order to balance our yeah. portfolio. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point in time, then uh, uh, Sassel Oil um, bought us. Yes. And, and in, that's how I actually ended up actually joining Sassel Oil. Yes. And you and, were a managing and, director of that, weren't and you? And then I ended up actually running the yeah. Sassel Oil, mm. which was actually quite an uh, grateful about that because normally when the uh, company is acquired, the CEO of the company that is acquired get bulleted basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up running Sassel Oil and right now I'm actually chairing Sassel Oil, yeah. which is a subsidiary of the Sassel Group. Uh, and I'm sitting also on the group executive uh, as an executive vice president looking after the energy business, mm. which include then gas and electricity and, and, and oil and, and the retail network in particular. And the nice thing about you, I know sometimes we, we coy about this, that a lot of our business leaders got there because of our affirmative action, which is not a problem, but not all of us have been qualified. You have a BSc yeah. in applied mathematics and physics. That also makes us proud, yeah. the fact that uh, you qualified for what you do. <laughs> and you have really worked hard, yes. not just enjoyed the position but also worked hard yeah but just looking at the qualification what does that do does it impact the way you think the way you make sense of the world because i'm always curious in terms of the qualifications that we have and the expertise yeah how does that shape the way we contribute to the world maths and science train the the brain muscle you know Mm. a brain is a muscle that needs to be trained in a certain way Um, and it trains you to think logically, which is a very critical skill that you need. It trains you to think systematically, which is a very critical skill you'll need. And it also trains you in problem solving. Mm. And problem solving, because if you're doing maths, almost every time you're given a problem to solve. And your mind really gets into be able to break down a big problem into small chunks and be able to really come to the root cause uh, very quickly and be able then to tackle a solution and generate options on how to solve that problem. Mm. And that skill is applied in every field of endeavor. Whether you're running a business, when you're running a business like me, yeah. every day or virtually almost every day, you're sitting in meetings and you're dealing with problems yeah. and you've got to have, have answers and you could be able to take decisions. One of the also benefit of, of studying science and maths yeah. Is, is, is you get into really objective data-based decision. 
and not just emotional mm. decision, not because of uh, your biases or prejudices. You look at the facts, and the facts helps you to make a very good quality decision. And life is about decision making. And I always say the quality of your life depends on the quality of decisions yes. you make. Yes, that's true. If you tend to make poor quality decisions, uh, it will reflect in the quality of your life. Yeah. And that's a message really to all our young leaders yeah. that they need to understand that. And I suppose also when you look at the 21st century and the prominence of engineers and computer scientists, and I mean, that is the basis, isn't it? The, that discipline. It's absolutely critical. In fact, in our country, we need a lot of people with technical experience, yeah. right from uh, artisans, yeah. uh, apprenticeships, people who, right now, artisans' population is actually very old, is actually in their 50s, late 50s. Uh, and then from there, you need technicians, technologies, engineers, and then obviously scientists and academics that will help us think through. We are now moving into the fourth industrial revolution. We need to be able to, to, to generate people who will think through the major, major paradigm shift mm. that we will have to uh, think differently because the jobs that we have now are no longer going to be there yeah. in this new world. So uh, that's why it's so important that we all focus on driving our young people to really get into some kind of technical training. Yeah, it is heavy stuff <laughs> because we do have problems and we need the solutions and yeah. we really need problem solvers. We can't all yeah. be waiting for government we, to, yeah. to solve, you know, even the energy issues that we're having with power at ESCOM um, and just creative ways we could be having alternative sources, you know, so there are a lot of things to be done. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the energy challenges we're facing in, in South Africa today is one of the biggest challenges. It needs obviously innovation and innovation on how we're actually going to be increasing our generation. Because right now we only depend on, 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 on ESCOM. So when ESCOM has got a blackout, the whole country has got a load shedding problem. Yeah. But so we need innovation in terms of uh, smart grids. Uh, terms of uh, new generation methodologies mm -hmm. and uh, how can we diversify our generation uh, portfolio and a, a different energy mix uh, 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 that we need to have in this country, uh, whether coal, gas, um, renewables. We need a lot of innovation in renewables, solar and wind, and all these things to help uh, making sure that we've got energy in this country because without energy, no businesses grow. Mm -hmm. And, we and all therefore, suffer. the economy doesn't grow. It's at a standstill. And uh, we are in a deep, deep, deep trouble. Yeah. You have been reputed to have a passion for unleashing potential. Yeah. I get a lot of um, requests for mentorship, sometimes not just from the younger generation, but also from my peers. And one of the things they're always talking about is the hostile environments that they find themselves in, mm -hmm. where they always have to prove themselves, you know. Yeah. Um, that they feel like they're just there because of, uh, you know, transformation imperatives. Um, what tips can you give them, you know, in terms of how do they survive and thrive in the environments that they're in? My tip is that the first thing, once you've been given a job, just do your job to the best of your ability. So master it very quickly. Learn it. Like the basics, the technical yeah, stuff yeah, of your yeah. job. Just yeah. make sure you do your job and do it excellently and do it very well. Yeah. Because the job and your success will speak for itself. Mm. 
it will actually um, shut up those uh, that have got biases, whether prejudice which are racial or prejudice because of gender, whatever it is, if you deliver results, numbers speak for themselves and they don't lie. And normally that's very important. So I would say, first of all, just make sure your job is done so that you don't have anybody uh, using yes. your lack of performance uh, as an excuse to yes. take you out or limit your growth or stifle your growth. Mm -hmm. So that's very important. Secondly, I think it's so important that you've got resilience because uh, whether you like it or not, every place has got its politics. Yes. Corporate uh -huh. politics sometimes is even, uh, even maybe worse than normal politics because it's, there's so much undercurrent around it. And if you try to play it and you get caught into it, you can, go, can get caught into a web. Yes. Um, therefore, it's very important that you need to have the sense of where you're going, and the last thing I would like to say is that don't ever put the career path on the hands of your, even your boss. Yeah. Because if you put it in the hands of your boss, then you actually put all your future in here. Hmm. The career path is you to determine. If you enter any corporation, they always advertise positions. They always uh, uh, have got learning pro, uh, pro, pro programs, yes. which I think you need to grab them. You need to be the one to go to your boss and say, hey, listen, I think I'm interested in that. I'm interested in that. This is where I want to go. This is where my career is going. There's no doubt in South Africa, there is a strong uh, historical uh, challenge that we have where a lot of people's talents are, ta are stifled. But this is 25 years later. Yes. We can't be blaming that all the time. We need to take responsibility. And I know right now in our companies like ours, we're making a huge major transformation, whether it's in ownership, whether it's in employment equity in terms of, and then management control. And those young, talented young people, we identify them early and we give them challenges. And we say, you swim or, or, or sink. Yeah. And, uh, and, and many are swimming, and I'm very proud of them. And they are coming from a diverse yeah. background. I know. We had a classmate, uh, Pinda Villagaz. Yeah. He's doing very well. We're He's, very proud of him. I'm very proud of Pinda yeah. because I actually works uh, for me. So yeah. I, I, I've been mentoring him. We took him to Nigeria mm. in a very difficult yeah. environment, and he thrived. We took him to Qatar, Middle East, working yes. with... Uh, uh, in the Arab community, which is a very complex yes. world. And he thrived then. So we've brought him back now in South, Af South Africa and in the energy business. In fact, we've given one of the largest uh, portfolio in my energy business. Yeah. And we have said to him, but you swim <laughs> or you <laughs> sink. And, he and there swim. is no racial issue here. Yes. And don't blame uh, apartheid. <laughs> it's you. Yes. He will do it. I'm so proud of him. And he, and I'm, yeah. I'm definitely sure he's I, I totally support that. I do a lot of work around personal leadership. Yeah. And one of the modules I give is I am my own best leader. Absolutely. Because that's the mindset we really have to come into anything yeah. with. Yeah. Um, you know, what suggestions can you offer on how we can drive ethical behavior in our society? You know, we have a lot of challenges. And when I say we, who do you interpret as we? We as all leaders, business leaders in particular, 
and also uh, government or state-owned enterprises. Because I always hold the view that whenever there's corruption, mm. there is a corruptor and a corruptee. Yes. And normally corruptor it tends to be a business person. Yes. So it's very important that yeah. when we point the finger, we three of the fingers are looking yeah. back at yeah. us. Um, so that's very important that way. So how do you do it? Three ways. First, we need to teach it. I mean, we need to make sure that when young people join any business world in the induction courses, the issue of integrity, ethics, code of conducts mm. is really emphasized and they're taught about that. The second one is obviously we need to role model it. Yes. Because it's one thing to te tell people to do and you don't role model. And you model. do something different. Everything different. So it's very important that we as leaders role model it in our own personal life and in how we do business mm. and how we actually conduct ourselves. Because that's, that says more than actually just mm. talking about it. Thirdly, there must be consequence management if there's a violation of any ethical conduct. And there's, you see, for many years now in South Africa, actually the, 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 the especially me who's dealing with young people, young people were telling me, you know, Mr. Khadevi, you're telling us to live a, 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 a life of integrity business, but, but actually it doesn't pay. Crime pays. And that is a very dangerous principle to establish in yes. our country. I'm glad with what is happening right now with the whole unveiling of the commission or the Zondo commission yeah. you know, and all the inquiries that are going on because for the first time we're changing that whole paradigm yeah. that crime does not pay. Therefore, consequence management is important so that people, those who are found guilty, need to be locked in jail. Do you think it will happen though? I'm hope, very hopeful because yeah. at least there is a lot of evidence coming out. Because then that sends a message. He, we said, what do we need to do? Teach, role model, and then consequence management. Yeah. Those three will really reduce significantly corruption in our country yeah. and I, in the continent. Yeah, because I think we praise people for the money. We don't care where it comes from. Exactly. We just get excited. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, money doesn't fall from trees. So if I got money and you cannot trace how I got it ethically, obviously I got it unethically. So I'm also kind of very happy about what's happening because a lot of us were seen as quite stupid for not having amassed much wealth. But it's kind of like, how am I going to amass wealth if I don't, yeah. you know, I'm sure you look it. now and says, you. thank God I'm, yes, my name yes. is not a beer yeah, yeah, there. No. <laughs> I'm very content, yes. It's sometimes just put in the work, you know. It, it, that's put actually, in the work. That's, that's really the answer. I mean, uh, you know, talent will take you to the top, but character will keep you in. Yeah. There. And, a lot of people who actually appear in, they are very talented people, but their character flaws yes. cause them to fall like yeah. a ton of bricks, which is sad. Yes. And we're losing a lot of talented people. We are. In terms of a black leadership yes. because of what we're seeing there. Yeah. I must say, I mean, we were, I'm on a particular board and we've been trying to recruit for a chairperson for the board and the names we had to keep off the list. I mean, it's just crazy because our pool of experienced it's great though that it's also giving opportunities to new talent because now you are forced to look at new people yeah. who are not known to be chairpersons mm. but now are getting opportunity because you don't know what other names are still going to come up with the commission so everybody's playing safe <laughs> so anyway um what is the most courageous decision you've ever taken as a business leader and uh, what drove you to take that decision when we're building Excel, which was, as I said, is one of the exciting uh, period of my of my career, um, 
we penetrated the retail market, we penetrated the commercial market, we penetrated uh, even getting into uh, different countries uh, in Lesotho. But the one area that was a preserve of a multinational was entering the aviation jet fuel market. Oh, yes. it, it was a very, very a bold decision on, on my part to say we will enter this industry yeah. because the barriers to entry were immense. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that you needed to have was have a, an insurance of one billion rand. Where do you get that when you're a small and uh, Oh, wow. So I said, here's obstacle number one. So how do we get out of it? Looked around the world, jumped into an aeroplane, went into the ExxonMobil in, in wow. London and yes. knocked on their door and says, listen, guys, we realize you don't have a, a, a stop uh, uh, to fill up at, uh, in, in, in Tambo now. So why don't we negotiate? We joined wow. to joint venture with them and they provided that. And the second thing we needed, well, big obstacles, technical expertise to be operating in that environment. You need to know what you're doing because if you fill up their plane and yeah. you make a mistake, that's why they won the one billion rand insurance yeah. so that in case the aeroplane crashes as yes. a result of fuel. Mm. Um, you can be able to handle the claims. The third, we had to negotiate with AXA uh, in order to have a, a lease arrangement uh, because all the assets there that are fueling uh, aeroplanes are, are, are operating within the AXA. Yes. So just to get through that lease agreements and negotiations was quite bold. And we finally succeeded and we entered the market and we are a player in it. Yes. And uh, I think that was a bold decision, in fact, uh, to get into it. But isn't this interesting? You see why we're having our conversation? Yeah. Because those little things we don't get to hear about. Because yeah. people just think these things happen, you know? Yeah. It's a black leader. Oh, he's connected. To even think, okay, who should I go and talk to in London? Who can I partner with? I mean, as you were talking about the logic and problem solving, those are the little uh, connections that we don't necessarily make. That even as a black leader in South Africa, that would not have happened. You also need to establish relationships outside the country, oh, yeah. you know, with multinationals and other things. And being black is not going to get you there. So yeah. why are we having this conversation, Mr. Khadab, is exactly for that. Okay. that we, I'm trying to draw out this wisdom. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and this is the danger actually we're creating is that our, our young people see us have some of us who've been blessed now to be successful, mm. they just see success yes. and they don't understand that it's actually a 30-year program yeah. that has been going through. Yes. And, and, and there's a lot of challenges, trials and tribulations, difficulties. Yes. And, and just being able to tackle problems which has got nothing to do with the color of yeah. your skin. And the connections you have, because <laughs> South Africa is just one market. There are yeah. other relationships that we have in the world that you need to unlock for things to happen. Yeah. You know, and to come to say, oh, I'm a black South African, who cares? You know, what can you deliver? This is why I'm also emphasizing your technical qualifications. Yeah. It's the reason I'm doing that. Yeah. Because Competence to, is yes. critical. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons we succeeded at X is that we just never com compromise on competence. And we looked for black talent and we found them. And anybody who says they are not there is lying yes. or is not know. looking they don't, they don't or look. she's lo yes. looking hard enough. They, they are, are there. They are there. They are there. 
and uh, and you just need to scratch the surface yeah. and then be prepared also to nurture and create yes. an environment that will challenge them and give them the assignments. Yes, and the biggest exposure. problem we've had, mm, yes. obviously, historically, we were not given an assignments yes. that give us the experience yes. and we're not given challenging roles to really give us that kind of experience. Yeah. In, a, in a very complex industry like ours, if you've not been on the refinery and understanding the refinery, how it works, if you don't understand the crude trading, if you don't understand how the whole uh, process of supply chain mm. and the delivery, whole value chain you have to understand. You have to understand. And that's the reason why uh, part of my passion is, is, is to develop the new leaders. Yes. That's why we've started the program at Verts where it's the first one, the African Energy yes, Leadership Center, yes, yeah. uh, which is training the future leaders in, mm. in the energy sectors. Uh, and uh, my real rationale to do that is because my learning curve took 30 years and I think we could shorten that for the young people yes, yeah. and uh, so that my grandchild and, my, hmm. and your grandchild can actually have a shorter learning curve at least in understanding the entire energy sector yeah. from gas, liquid fuels, uh, electricity first and understand the value chains and then decide where you where enter you yeah. into that value chain, whether you enter as a professional or you enter as an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's very good. You are a pastor yeah. at the Gay Family Church in Madrid. At Capte. And, <laughs> and also your role at Cecil. Um, do you find those two roles are in conflict? Uh, yes or no? And what's the reason for the answer you're going to give me? No, no, they're not in conflict at uh -huh. all. Because any role where I am, I've always been passionate about developing talent uh -huh. and developing character. Uh, so the pastoring platform just in, added the third dimension in that. Yeah. Is it developing people spiritually? Yes. Because the success of any individual, uh -huh. you need to have talent, uh -huh. which means competence in your talent or the trade in which. Secondly, you have, you have a character and your moral campus must be very, very uh -huh. strong. And then finally, you've got to have spiritual resilience because you're going to face challenges in life. Yes. And if you don't have a, a spiritual anchor that anchors you inside, you're not going to be able to succeed, yeah. even if you're smart. To me, it's, a, it's just part of my... It's a continuum. Continuum. It's just you like know, and, 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 and it just creates that higher purpose yes. for me because uh, I, there's a sense in which, you know, I, have, I, 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 I know the... I found a reason to be here. Yes. Uh, uh, all of us needs to ask ourselves, why, why are you here? <laughs> Some of us are still finding the reason. <laughs> anyway, um, in your observation, what are the qualities or the views that South African business leaders possess that are hindering the pace of transformation in the private sector? What breakthrough is needed to change the status quo? I think there's also an element of self-doubt that we tend to have as it comes as a result of long history of apartheid. Uh, which has tended to relegate us, um, sometimes lack of confidence in making particularly uh, uh, those decisions. But I'm, I'm, I'm confident, and I'm actually not only confident, but I know that things are changing now, because I've been in the corporate life, in the business life, uh, where we're taking major decisions. For yeah. instance, in my own organization, we now have taken bold decisions in giving diverse candidates, whether it's black uh, women or men, just as you mentioned, Pinda, uh, and also on the supply chain in terms of preferential procurement. We just need to have the 
in politics we call it political will, but you need to have a business will to transform the organization. Yes. And I think leaders that are leading these organizations are taking the, those decisions now. Um, so to push transformation, uh, because without transformation in the economic sector, a political transformation is, 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 is not yeah. enough mm. in order to really address the challenges that we have. So I, I, I think boldness is very important, mm. particularly amongst us as, yes. as, 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 as leaders. Um, and you're quite involved in the kind of industry bodies, business bodies, good. Yeah. trying to encourage absolutely, a different yeah, way of looking at things. I mean, I've been involved right at the beginning when we were starting Excel. I mean, we're, the whole transformation of the liquid fuels industry was triggered by the fact of our activism, if you're going to use mm. the word, when we started an organization called African Mineral Energy mm -hmm. Forum, when I was a leader of the organization, we met with the Minister of Energy at that time, uh, it was Umampumzilem Lambonguga, and we said, this industry needs to transform. And, but it's one thing to say rhetorically, it's, but to say exactly which law, which regulation embedded in the industry system, Yes which part of this value chain is actually locked by then multinationals yes. mm -hmm. to exclude other people, to be able to point ahead exactly what she needs to do. Yes. Because you can tell political leaders, do this, we need transformation, but where, how? But you see, this and is why then, you need to have uh, the technical knowledge exactly. to be able to direct So them. we did that, <laughs> and then with the first liquid fuels charter uh, uh, was, was signed on the 2nd of November 2000. And we were leading in that, in that, which then led to the mining charter, which then led to all the charters that you firm, which finally led to the BE Commission. Yes. And then now we've got a BE Act. Yes. So transformation has been my life. The path has been long. <laughs> um, I really enjoy that. And we could talk for another hour. Yeah. But uh, our attention span of our youngsters even adults are quite short, so we have to wrap it up. I understand. What is the last word of wisdom you want to share that we must just think about as human beings? I'll speak to young leaders because that's yeah. my passion. I say, young leaders, show up. The world is waiting for you. South Africa is waiting for you. Show up with excellence. Show up with integrity. Show up with a desire not just to serve your own personal needs, but the desire to make this world a little bit better than you found it. And that's the message for me, coming from me to the young leaders. Yeah. Show up. We need you now. That is it. Show up. I hope you enjoy that. I really could have spoken for another few hours. I'll see you next time on Wisdom Personified Conversations with Durum Swami. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wisdom Personified conversations with Durum Somi. Please also like, follow and subscribe to our channel and share the wisdom with your friends. I would love it if you could rate and review as well. Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Durum Somi is also available on YouTube, Facebook Watch, Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Enjoy the wisdom journey.